This is the Lightning Junkies Podcast with your host, Chaz Kryptoson. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to have Ken from Moon. Moon is a Google Chrome extension that allows you to pay for your Amazon purchases with the Lightning Network. We ended up talking about Moon, the Lightning Network, and Bitcoin generally. This is my first episode. As you can no doubt tell, I was very wooden in this episode. It took me a moment to get more relaxed and get into the conversation. My goal as time moves on is to have a bit more energy and engage with my interviews with a little bit more gusto. Something you'll notice about this podcast is I have no sponsors because I've decided to totally crowdfund the podcast because I genuinely hate advertising in podcasts. I always try to skip past it and it's always annoying to have to sit there and listen to it. So I'd rather have a product that I 100% love versus compromising for the sake of money. So if you want to support this podcast, please visit my crowdfunding link that's in the description or to tip me via tipping.me or bottle.li. Here's the first episode of the podcast. Hello, Ken. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. To kind of start things off, I just wanted to ask, uh, I hear you have a turtle. I do have a turtle. That's a very good observation. Um, his name is Charles, and uh, it's, it's a funny thing. Um, you know, a lot of my friends, they, you know, they see my Instagram account, and it's just a bunch of pictures of turtles for the most part. So that's always, it's always fun. Uh, so that's, that's just like my fun fact I use <laughs> on, on, you know, all those places you need fun facts. So absolutely great. So, so let's go ahead and jump into the kind of more of the meat and, and uh, potatoes here. Sure. Um, how did you get into Bitcoin and, you know, how did you start that whole uh, journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've been following Bitcoin since pretty early on around 2010 is when I first heard about it. Uh, it's probably on Reddit, and you know I've kind of followed along from a theoretical perspective, and just you know I really love the idea. And 2013 is when I finally you know actually went went ahead and bought some Bitcoin and got into that. And I actually use Mt. Gox, so I am wrapped up in the Mt. Gox class action lawsuit. So that's a lot of fun. I get all sorts of mail from Japan. Uh, but, um, you know, the good, the good thing is I got most of my Bitcoin out before that point, but I'm still, I have about a half a Bitcoin I'm trying to get back still. Um, but, uh, but I, I didn't enter the Bitcoin or crypto world professionally until, uh, until last year effectively. So, uh, prior to working on moon, I had, um, you know, I worked at Lockheed Martin. I had a sensor company. I uh, had a software consulting company and then kind of wound down the consulting operations to start this. And, you know, having followed crypto for quite some time, I said, well, you know, there, there's so much going on around speculation within crypto that it's almost unhealthy. This isn't just about trading. This is about, you know, changing the world of, of money. You know, and the biggest problem that I saw was that you couldn't really spend it anywhere. So, um, so I looked at that and said, "Hey, let me. I want to attack this problem and see what we could do." And that's that was where Moon came from. 
Gotcha. Okay. You know, how did Moon kind of start out of that kind of idea then? Could you kind of give me a little bit more on that? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was late 2017 when I first started thinking about this. And I was like, you know, there, there's so much going on. There's so much trading activity, but there's all these other goods, not goods, but services and products that you need to have in the ecosystem for cryptocurrency to be adopted as an actual currency to, to buy goods and services and sell goods and services using crypto as a currency. So, um, you know, so initially I had this thought of, oh, you know, maybe there's something with, uh, you know, peer to peer or something with, with that type of payment system. But I was like, you know, let's just go for gold here. What, what does everybody want to do with their Bitcoin? I was like, well, they want to shop on Amazon. Hey, let me see if I can make that happen. You know, and that was, uh, and, and that's what we launched with, with Moon, um, was you know, shopping, shopping on Amazon. And it was a matter of, you know, starting with that problem, how do you attack it? And, uh, you know, that was the realization, well, hey, if you have a browser extension, you can kind of augment the checkout experience and give a consumer the option to pay with Bitcoin as if Amazon natively took Bitcoin. And, and I think that's a very compelling vision. And I think that's the type of tech, you know, the type of technology that's going to take uh, Bitcoin to being a full-fledged currency where major corporations want to actually accept and hold that currency. So, uh, you know, it starts out with these, you know, kind of transitionary technolo- tra- transitioning technologies and then taking that forward to people, uh, you know, wanting to actually hold the, uh, the Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies themselves. It definitely makes a lot of sense there. Could you give me a, maybe a little bit more about, you know, how Moon actually kind of works in practice? You know, let's say I'm a complete newbie out here, you know, listening to this podcast. What's what I need to do in order to start using uh, Moon? Absolutely. So Moon is a browser extension. So what that means is just like uh, the browser extension Honey or Adblocker, you can add it to your browser. Right now we support... Uh, Chrome, Brave, Opera, any of the Chrome-based browsers. Uh, we'll be supporting some of the other browsers, uh, Safari and Firefox shortly. Uh, so you just go to paywithmoon.com, click the Add to Browser button. That will take you to the Chrome Web Store. You install it from there. And uh, the first thing you're going to be presented with is create an account. And sometimes people get upset, oh, why do I have to create an account? Um, and, and that's that's more for your convenience to kind of keep track of everything. And we're going to be adding additional features that uh, necessitate someone having an account. But you set up your account. You know, we just take your email and password. That's it. Or you can log in with Google or Facebook. And then from there, you go shop on Amazon.com just how you normally would. Um, you just go shopping, and on each product page, we give you a little button that you can click that'll show you the price of the item in your favorite cryptocurrency. So if you want to see Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ether, or Bitcoin Cash, uh, we'll do that currency conversion. And then you'll know, like, oh, wait, I can actually afford this, right, in that currency. From there, you add it to your cart, just like you normally would. And at checkout, you will see, uh, you'll be presented with the option to pay with crypto. Now, there are two payments options. One is to pay via Lightning Network, in which case you need to have a Lightning Network-enabled wallet like Zap or Blue Wallet. Uh, alternatively, and this is probably better for someone who's very new to crypto, is you can just connect your Coinbase account. So uh, we have an integration with them. You just 
click a button, connect to Coinbase, you'd log in with your Coinbase account, and then you can pay from any of your Coinbase wallets. So that's a, it's a very simple way of going about things. So far, we've seen, we've seen about 50%. 50% of people use Coinbase, 50% of the people use Lightning Network. Um, variety of different reasons probably for each. But anyways, you select whichever payment method you'd like, you then hit uh, pay with Moon, and that's it, you're done. Uh, your, your purchase is completed. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Did you kind of start uh, Moon with kind of a Lightning Network as a leading technology you wanted to have in there, or is that something you kind of added later on? So initially we had, we had an MVP we developed and we started with the Coinbase integration. And the thinking was, you know, one, hey, this is easy to set up. They have an API. And two, uh, at least in the United States, Coinbase just has, has a ton of users, right? So it's, uh, you know, it was something that we thought was going to be very compelling. And then we did some market research, you know, and, and by market research, I mean, we talked to people <laughs> in the Bitcoin community and did a lot of learning. And, you know, me coming from outside the core community, you know, I, you know, 2000. 18 was the first time I ever went to a Bitcoin conference or anything like that. Uh, you know, I, you know, I was like, okay, everybody talk about Lightning Network. And this seems like, hey, wait a second, Lightning Network solves a lot of problems. And the biggest problem that, that we have with just using Bitcoin is that the transaction fees are high and the transaction speeds are also, you know, it's not that fast, right? If you want to wait for six confirmations, on average, that's going to take you an hour for your, for your money to go through. Where my hypothesis here is that in order for people to use crypto as a currency, you need to, you know, it needs to be pretty much just as good as a credit card, right? Or any other traditional form of payment it needs to be instant and it has to be effect, it has to effectively have no fees, right? You don't want to pay money to spend your own money, right? So I think the Bitcoin protocol itself is fantastic for this infrastructure level say two, two institutions need to settle a payment. You want that stored in a decentralized ledger on the blockchain, that makes sense. But if I'm buying a $5 USB cable, or better yet, if I'm ordering McDonald's on Uber Eats, for instance, right? I don't, I don't wanna pay a, a flat rate fee of a dollar, dollar fifty, you know, whatever it is. And I don't wanna wait an hour for my transaction to go through, especially if I'm ordering fast food. It, it's no longer fast food at that point, right? Right. So what's great with Lightning Network is, you know, it effectively solves these issues where the fees are near zero and the transaction speeds are near instantaneous. So uh, we saw, hey, you know, it looks like this is the way things are going. Um, this is where the community is kind of rallying around this second layer protocol. And it solves the problems that need to be solved to make these, you know, small e-commerce payments. Okay, wonderful. You had kind of mentioned that the usage of the Lightning Network compared to like the Coinbase integration was like 50-50. Did you see that kind of trending in any, any specific direction or? Yeah, so we think, um, you know, we see a lot of people using Coinbase more and more. And we think that's actually because of the, the hard limit that's set in the Lightning Network protocol. So there's a 0 0.042 BTC limit built into the protocol. So, you know, I, th I think maybe that's 400 something dollars right now. Um, the, the tricky thing with that is a lot of people want to buy things that are more expensive than that. So 
with Coinbase, there's a thousand dollar limit right now. We're, we're actually considering increasing that limit. But uh, with Lightning Network, you know, you're kind of capped. So if you want to buy something that's eight hundred dollars, um, you know, you're, you're kind of out of luck with Lightning. Um, there are other options as far as you know having multiple Lightning Network invoices that can be combined to fund one larger purchase. We thought about that a little bit, but uh, we haven't implemented anything like that just yet. So uh, that, that's kind of where we're seeing things go. Gotcha. Okay. It kind of changed gears slightly here. In July, you had a, a special for purchases on Amazon's Prime Day. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we were, we were looking to do something special for Prime Day, saying, hey, you know, this is the first time you can shop directly on Amazon with Bitcoin. You know, let's let's do something cool out of this. And we are running a company, so obviously we want to promote. We want to run promotions. Uh, so so like, hey, let's uh, let's do something cool here. So we did five percent off everything on Amazon if you buy it with Bitcoin through Moon, and uh, and that went really well. We hit records on uh, transaction daily transaction volume, number of transactions. Uh, we had a bunch of new folks try it out. So, so that was really exciting. We published a blog post about that, that, you know, we kind of broke down all the data on that. We actually, that's where we saw a lot of people using Coinbase because I think they just wanted to uh, spend so much. And, uh, and, and that was something where I think if you're going to spend a couple thousand dollars on Amazon in a one day period of time, you know, have, if you have that money on Coinbase, that's, that actually goes through a bit faster than having to you know constantly fund a channel on the Lightning Network, or uh, you know split up your purchases into smaller amounts. So, uh, but since then we sort we saw, we've seen Lightning Network tick back up again. So I think people are kind of you know picking whichever payment strategy they'd like based on the on how much they're planning to spend. Makes sense. Okay. What what do you kind of see as the uh, the future of Moon here? I mean, you know, how do you see it kind of changing in the future, and you know, how do you see it taking shape? Absolutely. So. What we're working on right now is we're expanding to additional merchants. So the most requested merchants are uh, Amazon Canada, Amazon, you know, all the different European Amazons, you know, co.uk and, and .de. So that's what we're expanding to over the next couple of weeks. Uh, that's just, you know, overwhelming demand. I get emails every day. Hey, when are you coming to Europe? Hey, when are you coming to Canada? So, so that's the first step. But after that, we're, we're going to be launching on a bunch of other uh, major merchants so that you can you know, pretty much shop anywhere you want. Our goal is by the end of the year to support pretty much every e-commerce website in the United States. And that's an integration that we've been working on for a little bit now. So this isn't just a, an Amazon product. This is, a, you know, this is an e-commerce shopping with you know, Bitcoin and, and all the other cryptos. Because ultimately, our goal is to make crypto much more of a currency. And in order to, for it to be a currency, you've got to be able to spend it everywhere. So, um, so that's where we're going. And we're also looking at adding some additional currencies, potentially different payment methods, different integrations. And that's very much being driven by uh, what users are asking for. You know, they, they email us all the time. Hey, when are you going to add this? When are you going to add that? Um, you know, can I pay from this wallet or that exchange? And, Things like that. So, um, you know, but short term, adding more merchants so that you can shop anywhere. Okay. What, what do you think about the general lay of the land when it comes to payments in 
you know, Bitcoin, Lightning, crypto generally, what do you think about your competitors out there? You know, are they doing a good job? And do you think you kind of have a, uh, a lead on them as far as your kind of UX goes? It, it, it's hard to say, right? Because, you know, to some, you never really know what other people are working on. But what I will say is that so far, you know, having met a lot of the people in the space at different conferences and, and events, everyone's really friendly. You know, I wouldn't say that we're all super hyper competitive and angry at each other. I mean, at least I'm not, and I don't get the sense that they are. Uh, but having spoken to some of them, it's the the sense is more of, hey, let's let's make crypto, let's make Bitcoin big enough so that we actually do compete when our companies are much larger. So, so I really like that attitude, and honestly, I was surprised by the the pleasantness of of many of the other companies in the industry. Um, when I met them, you know, having, you know, kind of come from outside the industry, I think things, I, I kind of expected things to be a, a bit more cutthroat, you know, but our focus is not so much on, you know, competition or what the competition is doing. It's a matter of, you know, building a great product for our customers, you know, um, and, and, you know, kind of fulfilling our vision as we see of, of where we think things are going. And, and I think that, you know, you need to have competition in any area. You know, so it's good that there are other companies working on this problem and they'll solve it in different ways than than we're solving it. Um, and that's great. You know, and we'll learn from each other. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully a couple of years down the line, some companies will acquire other companies and merge and, you know, and then some companies will remain and they'll compete. And, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of the way these things grow from what I've seen. Okay. Have you used any of these uh, competitors? Have you tried them out at all? Yeah, yeah. I'm always, you know, testing out other products. Whenever I see something new, I like to give it a, a you know, give it a test run and see, oh, hey, that's that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. And and I see that other people do that with ours also. You know, if I see, a, you know, their email address, they use their company's email address to create an account. Um, and, and that's fine with me. You know, I think we're not we're not fighting against each other as much as we're we're you know, working together to bring the industry to where we want it to be. Okay, that makes sense. How about we jump into Bitcoin, crypto, and Lightning more generally? What do you see as being the roadblocks to people getting into Bitcoin and Lightning Network more specifically? Yeah, I think a big part of it is is that they perceive risk, right? So, you know, you have a lot of people that they don't know about investing, so they're not even going to look at Bitcoin from an investment perspective. You have people who invest, but they invest in very, you know, very stable type investments. Like the stock market is even too risky for them, right? Maybe maybe the S&P 500 is, is what they feel very comfortable with. And you have a lot of people who just won't even do that, you know? So, so you know, people perceive risk from the trading perspective and they see these wild fluctuations. So, so they don't want to touch it from that side of things. From, um, from a payment side, and getting people to adopt crypto as payments, you know, right now I, I think we're in the phase of early adopters. You know, we have these people who, you know, they, they love crypto, they think it's really cool, they're testing the technology, um, maybe they do some trading and now they're like, hey, let me try to spend it. Um, you know, what, what's, what is it going to take to bring other people in is a few things. One, they're going to have to see they're gonna have to have some compelling data to say hey this isn't that risky this is a good idea you know um and then that's just to hold bitcoin in the first place beyond that it's it's a matter of what are the goods and services and are these trustworthy i think people have um 
these things in their mind, like the uh, the Canadian Exchange, where the you know the CEO died or disappeared, and you know the money is gone. What happened? And then they still know about Mt. Gox, and you hear about all these scams, and you know things. Uh, you know, coins getting stolen from exchanges and North Korea is going after exchanges. So just that having all of that uh, out in the ether is what kind of, uh, I think, dissuades a lot of people. But I think providing them with a compelling product and a compelling use case, uh, I think that's that's what it's going to take to get, you know, the real no coiners in. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, a lot of what I've been kind of touching on on my Twitter and my blog are about focusing on the UX of things and, you know, trying to bypass as much of the complexity as um, as possible. How would you feel trying to kind of maybe skip over the base layer Bitcoin and going to the Lightning Network directly and trying to find ways to onboard people through services like Moon, for example, on your the, the Prime Day special where, you know, even if they aren't a, uh, a user of Bitcoin, a holder of Bitcoin, they you know might be able to use you know tools like Moon and you know wallets that are pretty simple and have a clean UX maybe custodial wallets. What do you think about the idea of kind of doing something like that? You know, trying to kind of just leapfrog them and trying to give them the best UX possible without you know worrying about all the kind of intervening steps. Yeah, I think that definitely helps, right? And that was our goal of running that Prime Day special. Also, is to say, hey, you know, if someone would tell their friend, hey, I'm getting an extra five percent off Amazon if I spend Bitcoin, they're going to say, wait a second. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, let, me, let me read up on this again. I thought, you know, you were just some kind of crackpot investing in some in some magical internet money. You know, you're actually saving money on Amazon. That's that's a real hard benefit that you can. You, it's an immediate benefit. You know, so things like that help, and UI UX definitely helps, right? But there's still this aspect, right? So how do you get somebody onto Lightning Network without getting onto Bitcoin first? You know, they have to buy Bitcoin on an exchange or service that will immediately put it into a Lightning Network wallet. And then you have all the limits associated with that and that it's custodial, right? So there are all these different pros and cons. And, I, and I'm not, um, you know, I always strive to say, hey, with Moon, we want to make sure you have non-custodial options. And we're, we're all about giving options. We're not hardcore, uh, like, you know, it has to be custodial. It has to, we hate Coinbase, you know, nothing like that. Um, you know, I think, it, you know, the key is, that the simpler the product, the more likely it is to onboard new people. And that's something that I think Coinbase has done very well. And uh, there are other exchanges that have you know, really created a really nice UI UX, simplified things. They've had aspects of education. Uh, so you don't really have to understand the core technology at all. But I still go back and forth. I don't know what's going to happen, right? On one hand, do we simplify everything with layer two, layer three, level four uh, in, in order to abstract it to the point where the average consumer doesn't need to know anything? Or is it is it a paradigm shift in the mind of consumers, right? Do they have to learn about, you know, this is a wallet and this is, this is just the way the world's going to work from now on? And that I'm still not sure on. It, I think it will probably be a combination of both where you're going to have to learn some new terms and you're going to have to learn some new ideas and new concepts because this is the this is the underlying foundation of the new financial system. But in addition, we have to do better at creating a nice user experience and a nice user interface because it has to look trustworthy. It has to be easy. Um, and I think that will, that's just naturally going to happen over time. 
as, as companies and products and services compete with each other, they're competing over users and they're going to create the best experience they can to attract those users. Definitely. I would agree there. Do you think that the overall adoption of the Lightning Network is contingent on these merchant solutions, e-commerce products, or do you see more novel products coming out of all this? I, I think that initially a lot of the activity is going to be around e-commerce shopping because there's just that's just the, the, the most real demand that there is, right? And there are a lot of innovative products out there with micropayments, uh, like little paywalls. And, I mean, of course, you have the whole, all the gambling sites. You have, um, you know, Yalls, for instance, which is, which is a very interesting model. Voting with, with SATs via Lightning payments. It's all really, really neat ideas, but none of them have, like, really massively taken off. Um, I, think, I think probably the biggest service besides, uh, you know, e-commerce that's taken off with Lightning is, is maybe gambling. You know, and that's that's its own world that I <laughs> I don't I don't go near that whatsoever. But you know, if you look for it, you're going to find it. And and there's definitely you know it solves a problem for a lot of people. But um, you know the the big one I think that the average person can look at and say, oh, how how would I possibly use Lightning Network? It's it's e-commerce shopping. But I think it's still to be seen, right? You know, there could be some other amazing technology that comes out that blows Lightning out of the water or you know, trends go away from Lightning Network for some reason and everybody starts using something else, right? It's, it's, that's kind of what's cool with crypto. It's very market-driven. So, um, you know, we, we obviously we see things going in the direction of Lightning Network and that seems to be the way the winds are blowing. But uh, you never know sometimes. Yeah, definitely. What challenges do you kind of see with Lightning? Like, let's say with Moon, have you kind of run into any challenges while kind of using the Lightning Network as a merchant? Do you deal with channel issues, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, the biggest problem so far and the complaint we get from users is the is the limit on the transaction size on Lightning. So that 0.042 BTC limit um, you know, hopefully Bitcoin price goes to the moon and, and no longer that's an issue or, they, or they'll just increase that limit. Uh, so that's that's the first one that comes to mind. Um, other, the, you know, the second issue has been, you know, just consumer education. So I get a lot of emails from people saying, hey, how do I use Lightning Network? They like the product. They may have Bitcoin, but they've never used Lightning before. And I, I'll say, hey, you know, like, here's a wallet you could use. And I walk them through the steps on how best to set it up. And they ask me questions like, what is Lightning? You know, like things like that. So, so I think education is definitely a big part of it. Because a lot of people, like, you know, they, they want to use it. They think the idea is really cool. But when it, when it comes down to it, you know, after, after using a Lightning Network wallet, it becomes almost like second nature. But the first time you use a Lightning Network wallet, it can be so confusing. It's such a daunting task. Like, what is a channel? What does that even mean? You know, so so frequently we say, hey, why don't you use something like Blue Wallet or some other custodial wallet just, just to kind of get your feet wet and then go about, you know, creating your own node or, you know, using like Zap Wallet that kind of sets up a node for you. Um, so, so that's kind of, those have been the two biggest issues so far. Uh, on the technical side, I would I wouldn't say that there are all that many issues. Um, you know, the annoying aspect is is when you're when you have channels open, 
um, you know, you're, you're putting a lot of money out there, right? So, so you're operating a business and you have money on channels in order to get that, those funds out, you have to close the channel, right? So that's operating expense right there that you just have to have and you can't utilize it for anything else. And I haven't seen any interesting service out there where you can say borrow against your coins that are used to fund channels or something like that. I think there's an interesting financial product there maybe. Um, but besides that, you know, I, I'd say those are th- probably the three biggest biggest issues. Yeah, gotcha. I personally run a a routing lightning network node myself, and I found that one of the most active channels that I have is with Moon itself, is I have several open, and they ended up getting depleted within like a week or something. I I think opened one around the uh, prime day. It was a couple hundred dollars, and it was wiped out almost immediately. (laughs) Well, that's good. How often do you see yourself kind of closing out channels? Do you ever actually close out channels? You're just going to let them just sit there and just wait to see if, you know, maybe traffic would go in the opposite direction, rebalance them. Do you do anything along those lines? Yeah. So we have a script that'll automatically run and uh, it'll automatically close out channels if, if, you know, we've received over a certain percentage. Uh, So, so that's what we do. We're still testing that to see, you know, what makes the most sense. I don't know if anybody's really come out with like a, a best practice around that yet, which I'd really love to see. Um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, for, for us, it's just making sure like, okay, the channels are there. We're going to be able to accept funds. And, you know, so far we haven't had too many issues as far as people being able to find routes as long as they, you know, especially if they were using custodial wallet, you know, typically those, the, the companies running the custodial wallets are uh, you know, pretty good at making sure the channels are, are open and that they're not getting depleted too quickly. You know, sometimes individuals, if they open up a channel, um, they'll open up a channel, then you know, one of the, one of the, the intermediary channels uh, between the routing nodes will be you know, much less than the channel that they've opened. Right? So they may open a $200 channel, and then one of those intermediary channels the only connection between, say, our sub-portion of the graph and their sub-portion of the graph uh, is $20, right? So they can send a maximum of $20 through. And sometimes that's very confusing to the, to the, uh, to the consumer because they don't have that visibility. So I opened up a channel for $200. Why can't I only send you $20, right? So, so also having, you know, kind of a, you know, explaining net, like network topology to the average consumer, you know, being that obviously if you're running a Lightning Network wallet, you're probably, a little, you know, a little bit more technically savvy than the average person, but it's still something that it could be a leap in some people's minds to fully understand the layout of, of like network topology like that. Yeah, definitely. Now, I just kind of wanted to go a little bit more broad here and just maybe kind of touch on a couple last topics kind of outside of the Lightning Network. It, do you see Bitcoin continuing, not just in price, but just take off and technology? You know, we have we have Taproot, we have Schnorr, we have other things, you know, coming down the pipe. Do you see this this very inventive core devs continuing to push and make, you know, Bitcoin more useful and things like that? Yeah, I think, you know, what's really great with Bitcoin is, you know, it, it does have this big community around it and it, it gets so much activity People are working on it. And now with the larger institutions that are looking at Bitcoin, uh, you have major banks that are investing enormous amounts of money 
to say, hey, now we're going to allow uh, Bitcoin trading, you know, or, you know, NASDAQ's getting involved in Bitcoin, right? What, what, so some people may say, hey, well, that's terrible. You know, the traditional financial world is terrible. We don't like them. Go away. But what I think is, well, that's kind of good because the more organizations that are relying on the Bitcoin protocol, the more they're going to invest into making sure it succeeds. So just like many companies that utilize open source software, they end up frequently um, you know, either funding developers to work on it or they themselves people within that company working on and, and maintaining those, uh, those protocols and those technologies. So I think what we're seeing is Bitcoin becoming a bit more institutionalized in the sense that there are so many more parties that rely on its success that it decreases the likelihood of failure. Definitely. Okay. Do you see Bitcoin being the quote unquote primary winner in, in crypto or do you see, you know, someone else winning over the long term here? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's good. I would think it'll be Bitcoin um, just based on what we see right now. Like anything could happen. Um, you know, if somebody, there are some really interesting models out there as far as, um, you know, like, you know, a stable coin that's slightly deflationary or something like that, right? I think there's some interesting things happening there. It's really too early to tell if any of that stuff even works. Um, you know, but there are some of the brightest minds out there who are, who are developing or who have already developed currencies. And the biggest problem that they have is that nobody necessarily holds them or uses them. Um, but I think, you know, Bitcoin has that first mover advantage. It has the brand recognition. It has all these non-technical features that are, that are very valuable. Whereas a currency that maybe even has a better technology may not be able to beat it out because of all of these other features that are just not, they're not technical at all. So I would say, you know, if I put money on, I'm going to say, yeah, Bitcoin is going to be the one, but, uh, but you never know, you never know, you know, someone can come up with some new white paper on some fantastic improvement, uh, that is structurally different from Bitcoin. Right. Um, but again, like I, like I said, I think it's all a matter of adoption who wants it and where are people investing and putting their money, not just as a, as a consumer or a retail investor, but also the institutions that are you know, trying to, to build out and support this new, uh, this new economy effectively. Kind of mentioned the network effect there. Would you say that on Moon, are you able to kind of see when people pay with Coinbase? Did that kind of show you the percentage they're paying in Bitcoin or paying in any other altcoin? Yeah, the vast majority is Bitcoin. Okay. By far, the vast majority is Bitcoin, followed up by Litecoin, then Ether, then Bitcoin Cash. Um, so those are def by far the biggest ones. And, and you know, and, and that's partially because we push Lightning Network hard, and that's just Bitcoin right now. Um, you know, in the future, you know, I know that other currencies are working to adopt Lightning Network, but uh, but I don't think any really really had had any significant presence there yet. Um, but even within Coinbase, where we support all you know those four main currencies, uh, you know, Bitcoin is by far used most. So uh, you know, the reason for that, you know. Is, is kind of hard to say. I think people just have a lot of Bitcoin more so than these other currencies. Um, and uh, the people, I, I would also guess that the people who want to spend crypto are 
probably really big Bitcoin people. So that's that's just a guess, you know, because for take, for example, uh, Ether, right? The Ethereum network is very much this, um, you know, they're all about dApps and building this as a, as a protocol for Web 3.0, as opposed to saying, hey, Ether is a currency for payments. So there's this interesting marketing perspective that each currency has. I mean, if you look at Litecoin, right, the whole idea that it's the silver to Bitcoin's gold, it's a marketing tactic, you know? It's, um, you know, there's, there's interesting technical features there and differentiators between Bitcoin and Litecoin, but having that, you know, that silver to gold type thing, I mean, for example, attracted a lot of precious metals investors to buy Litecoin. And precious metals investors don't necessarily, you know, shop with, they don't go to the store and pay with silver, right? As much as they may want to do that, it's not, it's not something that, uh, that comes naturally Okay, so that's pretty much the end of you know the uh, the questions I had for you today. Was there anything else you wanted to add at the end here? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we're always open to new ideas, new concepts, suggestions, and feedback. So uh, if anybody wants to do so, we're uh, on Twitter. It's at PayWithMoon. Uh, you can reach me via email, Ken at PayWithMoon.com. And if you just want to give Moon a shot, uh, try to make a purchase on Amazon. It's PayWithMoon.com. And, uh, you know, always love to hear from people. I love talking to users. I typically answer every email I receive personally. Feel free to reach out and looking forward to talk to anybody. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Ken. And I appreciate you joining me on the Lightning Junkies podcast. Thank you very much. There you have it. That was the first episode of the Lightning Junkies podcast. Did you like it? Did you learn anything? If so, please consider chipping in to my crowdfunding campaign or otherwise tipping me at the links in the show notes. It would help out greatly. It is my goal to have this show be a primary source of income for me and be able to dedicate my life to Bitcoin and the Lightning Network exclusively. If you like the podcast, please consider subscribing on Google Podcasts, iTunes, and multiple other services that this podcast is distributed to. You can find that all again in the show notes. Please don't hesitate to leave a review or otherwise send me feedback. I need that in order to keep the show improving and getting better over time. For now, I'll see you on the Lightning Network.